The Ensemble podcast is intended for professional financial advisors. All discussion is limited to publicly available information and should not be interpreted as legal, professional or financial advice. Ensemble does not hold an AFS license nor provide any financial services. Before making investment decisions, you should obtain financial advice from a qualified financial advisor. Hello, my name's James Wrigley. I'm a financial advisor and one of the principals of Melbourne-based financial planning firm, First Financial. I've been a long-term listener and contributor to the Ensemble Group and podcast, picking up some amazing nuggets of gold over the years. And through this podcast and the people that I'm able to speak to and interview, hopefully I can continue to deliver some of those nuggets of gold to you. Are you having conversations with clients about retirement? Are they asking how much money they'll need? Are they worried they'll run out? We're proud to introduce the new North Retirement Space on Ensemble, featuring Q&As with economists, webinars with product innovators, and unfettered access to retirement specialists to support your advice. Join the conversation today with North, a better way for retirement. Hello, welcome back to the podcast, my first one for 2024. John Mansira, Apex Advice. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for being the, uh, the the first interview or podcast for the year. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, James. Pleasure to be here, and thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, John. Um, so you where you're in Geelong? Are you where are you, where are you? Where... Yeah, down just down the road from you in in Geelong, Vic Regional yeah. Vic. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And you've been there like your whole life. Like what? You, how, how long have you been in Geelong for? No, nah, been in Geelong. Year nine this year actually. Um, yeah. Prior to that was in a in a in a re, um, northwest Victoria, so Orsham area. Yep. yep. Families from up that way. Born and bred up there. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And so Apex Advice. Tell us a little bit about Apex Advice. I was looking at your LinkedIn. It looks like you've been in business for a couple of years or so now. What's um just yeah, about go? Just about to round up on two years, mate. So yeah, it's been a good challenge. But um, we are a yeah predominantly based in the Geelong Greater Geelong area. We help time poor professionals organise their money so they can spend, save, and grow it with confidence. Um, yeah, so use the old parlance. We really are targeting that sort of accumulator space. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so we 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 generally work with um, people that are yeah two and a half kids. Decent income and uh, really looking at someone to be their point guard, so they don't have to think about it too, you know, greatly. Yeah. Why? Why that kind of profile of client? What's what's attracted you to that type? Yeah. So way back when I sort of cut my teeth in a retiring mess business, and so that was you know five years out from retirement, planning for that process, and um, often I would either find it I felt like a bit of an imposter being sort of early twenties talking to a fifty-five, sixty-year-old about organizing their money for retirement which was fine like I, it, i'm sure it was more so in my head but um, i would also find i would attract a lot of people like my sort of cohort james so mm. people i would play sport with or just friends and so forth and um i really didn't have an offering to help them with other than sort of insurance and super so i just sort of went on a journey that yeah the people i really like working with were people like me yep. um and it, i went on a real journey to sort of build an offering to to try and um yeah, make it attractive to someone like that. Yeah, and were you able to do that in previous businesses where you were? Were you able to build that out, or or was that maybe one of the catalysts for you doing your own thing? Real catalyst, yeah. So yeah. was not able to do it, but it was just a bit more sort of constrained. That they sort yeah. of do what they did really well, and I wanted to sort of practice in this sort of space a bit differently. So yes, um, yeah. So probably 
I don't know, maybe 12 to 18 months prior to setting up Apex, I sort of had it in my mind that I was going to try and row my own boat. Also wanted to learn about, you know, not just being a technician, but sort of being a business owner and that sort of stuff. So around running P&Ls and all of that fun stuff. But yeah. Um, and yeah, so I made the decision I was going to sort of split off and, and, and do my own thing and yeah. uh, and try to attack, be really targeted to sort of the, the, the clients that I liked working with. And um, yeah. yeah, it's really good. Did you did you do anything like you know twelve eighteen months out or so you know you, you've got another you've got a job in another financial planning business? Did you do anything to prepare yourself for that that transition? What what did you do? You know, whilst you were already working to prepare for doing your own thing? Yeah, well, actually, uh, I was I think I was listening to an ensemble podcast. I think, and this lady named Lisa Greensill, she's a bit of a marketing wizard, popped up and. Uh, she had this tagline, um, if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And that really sort of um, sort of framed in my mind, I think I need to sort of try and be really specific on who we want to help. So I ended up sort of engaged. And I was sort of a bit unsure about how that all worked and a bit ignorant really. So I just went on a real process with her around, uh, yeah, obviously the brand stuff, but really going to the nth degree of defining the you know, my favorite clients, everything from their behaviors, their frustrations, their fears, uh, naming them, all of this sort of stuff. And then everything has just fallen off the back end of that, our advice process, um, our branding, our messaging, if our values, even that sort of stuff. So, mm. yeah, so really the planning around that, um, as well as the broader business stuff like, um, you know, capital to start and, um, yeah, teams in the right seats and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 And did you have much of a, like a a, a a stop from finishing one and and starting your own. Um, yeah, so I I had a bit of a client base, so so I was able to take some some across, which was good. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, um, and and that all got sort of worked out on the back end, and then um, uh, there was a colleague Danae. She sort of decided she wanted to come along with me as well, so she was a trained advisor. Uh, but sort of loves every part of advice, but doesn't actually like the sitting in front of the client giving the advice part. So yes. she's really goes hand in glove with me. She sort of sits in the background. She's really the point guard of the business. She makes sure everyone gets their shots and you know, is organized, which yeah, is nice. got like gold to me. And it just means I can get in front of a client, worry about strategy, worry about, um, yeah, connecting with the client a lot more and less about the nitty gritty in the back yep. end, like implementation and writing plans and stuff like that. So it's really, really works well, actually. Oh, fantastic. You've got someone like that. So is it just the two of you in the business or what's the, what's the setup yeah, like? It was initially. So now we've got four of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've right. got Keisha. Ka- Keisha's a remote team member and Cade's our second AR. He's just starting to build the advice muscle now. And then Danae and myself, um, the, we had to start hiring because Danae, um, yeah, felt pregnant and we just sort of had to plan around that. She's back with us now, which is great. Um, and so, yeah, got a good team. We've also got a lending side of the business now, Jake. So we've got yeah. Daniel, the broker in there, uh, just helping because a lot of what we do is discussions around debt and organizing debt and so forth. So <laughs> Daniel's an experienced broker down this way as well. So, yeah, we've got a good little team. Yeah, I was wondering how you did that. I noticed on your website you had some references to like lending and debt and, and so forth and it. It sounded like you did that all internally, whether whether you were wearing two hats, you're being a financial advisor and a mortgage broker. Some people that trying to juggle that, but you're 
not. So you're just doing financial advice and you've got someone else doing the mortgage broking part. Correct. So I got my accreditation and I just sort of made the decision that it was just too hard to wear both hats. And I'd yeah. been working with Daniel for a long time, just on an informal basis. And uh, so we, we decided to sort of formalize that because it's such a good marriage. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, the website's getting built out now through the help of Lisa, actually just to sort of have a lending spot. And that's sort of mm-hmm. it's really clear that we do lending as well. Yep. So what is your what is your engagement? So you you're this kind of accumulator type of client, if we use the terminology that a lot of people tend to refer to. What is what is your engagement with that type of client look like? Like what are you what are you doing with them? Yeah, some of them have had to build out over time. Um I think I was really just sort of floating for a long time, just around in my engagement with people. It took me a long time to realise nobody cares about your strategy and it's about what it can do for them, I think. So once I sort of made that realisation, I think the engagement, um, like fees we could charge and stuff like that could be um, a lot more consistent and better and higher strike rate and stuff. So um, we really, over time, have just built a, a front-end process that's you know unique to us. But um, I often say it's slower and more thorough than the traditional financial planning process, James. So we yeah. talk about having two front-end sessions. They cost 440 after initial triage call to make sure that, you know, what we can do help, will help someone. Yep. Um, and that's where we just have, yeah, nothing nothing will beating, but a discovery session, that's where we're just chatting more than the surface level of what people want to do with their money, what their pain points are, what they're excited about, and all of these fun things. Mm. Um, and then I always just say, like, um, you know, uh, I can talk financial options with your money through and blue in the face, but unless I've got a good grasp what makes you tick, um, what I recommend from there might not be in your best interest. And then generally sort of in a two to three week timeline, we'll have a follow-up session and that's sort of uh, what we call a strategy session. And that's basically, I'm using my hands here, sorry, but that's basically where we say, uh, here's where you are, here's where you've identified where you want to get to. And I just show them through a number of like frameworks or case studies of things that they should be exploring to help um, bridge that gap. Um, nothing personally. That's just all sort of education based. I also try to um, yeah educate them on areas I think they're weak, whether it's tax or investing or budgeting or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then my goal at the end of that process is they make an informed, savvy decision. They feel confident to make an informed, savvy decision. And at the end of that process, we just developed um, with the help of a coach that we use at our um, Apex Advice Freedom process. It just sort of shows. Um, over a 12-month period, it sort of helps set expectations of what we'll deliver, um, the transformation that they can have, um, and so on and so forth in that first year. Yeah. So, so, so you do your two kind of front-end type meetings. Yep. And, and then at the conclusion of that second one, if someone says, okay, you know, this is for us in one way, shape, or form, yeah. are, you then, are you then engaging them in a 12-month program from there, and you've got certain mil- certain things you'll do, certain milestones that you'll hit. It's not so much of a, hey, this is our upfront advice, and this is our ongoing advice. It's a it's a twelve month program that you've got before them. Yeah, exactly, mate. So what we're not trying to do is sell an SOA like I was trying to do previously. We're trying to su- sell an experience or a process, yeah. you know, because everyone's dealing with the Netflix or an Apple or whatever. So try to make it as streamlined as possible. Um, but yeah, we are on fixed term agreements, so we sort of say, oh, here's the overall cost. Half of that's for onboarding, other half is paid monthly over 12 months, and there is a little bit of flexibility around that, so trying to get paid initially. Yep. Um, once they've signed the agreement and paid, we start those exact 
terminology I use, James, is the milestone. So we have a sort of a, a numbers workshop where we'll talk about their goals and some modelling that supports them goals. Um, then we go to advice and implementation and then a, a couple of layers of check-ins in the first year. Mm. Um, and then generally, if we keep going beyond that first year, it's generally half of, half of the cost and the, obviously the level of check-in should be a lot lower. Yep, yep. And how, how do you find... Do you find many of these younger clients are engaging you for a second? Like you're only getting close to two years in now, but but are you finding many of them are then carrying over for a second year? Yeah, I am actually. The the turnover is really low, thankfully. So <laughs> yeah. um, like we've grow, grown the client base um, or the households we work with by like pretty well doubled it with only a yeah. small amount of attrition. Um, we do have a bit of a legacy of people that we were working with that might be sort of more in the retirement space, but that, you know, that's their target market, not our whole market. But um, I'm finding they do. Because I always say there's sort of two things in um, your world that will change. It's like what you want to do and your goals and objectives, but then it's everything around you. It's super law, it's tax law, it's financial markets, it's the products you should be using. So having us in your corner can be really valuable to make sure you don't you know, you can react to it or we can react to stuff like that for you. So yeah. I think most of them generally get it. I try to make the even the review process as engaging as possible, James. So just, um, you know, we've got like a statement of position that we hold for everyone so we can just sort of show everyone, here's where you were, here's where you are now, here's the goal number, this is how you're trending towards it, the uplift you've had, that sort of stuff. And I'm finding with that, yeah, people are engaging. Yeah, which is good. fantastic. And is that something you built for you? That's something you built yourself. That's not leveraging off X plan or something like that. No, I, I've tried and try, I just try to keep it simple. So just, yeah, yeah, I've been. I'm a bit of a ner- uh, nerdy type mate. So I've been tracking my own statement of position since sort of 2006. Yeah. So it's pretty much the spreadsheet I built and just been built out over time with dashboards <laughs> and stuff to to suit. So yeah, that's yeah. what we're doing so far. Um, and it takes not much to administer at all, to be fair. So yeah, good on you. And you, how long? So the you, you've got your first year engagement. There's a bit more work in the first year. You know the whole transformation thing. Yeah. That 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 second year. What are your touch points with the client in that second year? Are you seeing them once a year, twice a year? Newsletters. Like what? What are you? Yeah. What are your touch points? Yeah. Good question. So we we get them to commit to an annual view like we have to as part of yes. the agreement yeah um generally we'll have um we have monthly sort of blast email blast to clients about something topical or a concept or whatever's relevant yep. we've also got some audience lists so if i feel like uh oh, i've got to do a like a bit of an investment update to certain people that'll go out or an insurance one or whatever's relevant we'll do that um, and then usually in May, I'll touch base with most of our tax um, clients that have sort of tax considerations just to make sure the right money ends up in the right place mm-hmm. uh, before 30 June. Um, and then and then they're also really clear that if something in your world happens, uh, which I find in that cohort, somewhere in three to five years, something happens, you fall yeah, you've you've got done. Yeah, you get an inheritance or you want to change house over or you want to buy a car or change jobs, they'll come back to us and engage and that's what we want to be. We want to be really a trusted advisor to help you make decisions, all these big life decisions. So, yeah. yeah. I do, I don't you know, it's something that I'm somewhat struggling with at the moment. Like we were talking before we recorded about inquiries and things that I'm getting. I, I'm coming across a lot of people and it's maybe the way that I'm communicating online myself People want this kind of plan, like this kind of set and forget plan. It's like, well, that doesn't doesn't work because, as you said, in, in, in three to five years, something has completely changed that's come completely out of the blue. 
that your world looks like this at the moment and you want to draw this straight line to when I'm 65 years old and it's going to be like that. But but something changes and so it's, it's kind of pointless, like doing a one-off job uh, you know, it seems seems pointless, but you know you need that type of engagement that you're doing with them. Mm. Yeah, and I, look, it's taken me a long time to get to this point. I mean, uh, even um, you you are right. I like that Carl Richards sketch. Yeah, says that current reality with the squiggly line, and that yeah. really articulates it in such a simple way about yes. the, the the peaks and troughs you go through. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think um, just doing a one off piece of advice or giving someone a plan and it doesn't get executed properly is just worthless uh, not worthless but not yeah not not the optimal way to go about it so we generally we generally like to work like you would to someone holistically and stay in their corner for as long yep. as we can yeah so i'm interested in the the second of those initial meetings that you do so you're you're it's like an education type type yeah. piece meeting by the sounds of things you're you're not doing any modeling in that one like what do you have some pre-prepared presentations to talk about different topics or something? Is that what you're going through? Yeah, we've got a slide deck we'll work through. Yeah. The only thing that we might uh, go through that sort of is a bit individualised is that, is that what we call a money flow plan because that's the cornerstone of every decision. You know, If I'm going to tell you to point money away for the future, I need to know so we can compound it. I need to know what's happening today. So we may go through what's called a money flow plan. It's just like a budget, basically. I'll just give them some insights on how money's flowing through their household, some things they should be considering, how they should structure things, what their fixed costs are, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that's, yeah. And how have you got that information from? How have you got that? Where- I generally get them to to um, document it in our sort of our spreadsheet. Yeah. Okay. So you give yeah. them some, you give them something to fill in. Yes. And then they send it back to you and then yeah. you can... Spot. Present you present to them in that second meeting to say if you're okay, yeah, yeah gotcha. I like it, yeah. yeah. And if I've gotten if I've treated if the upfront screening process has been good enough, I generally don't have any problems getting people to engage. Um, mm. and they're paying 440 for the two sesh like total, so don't want to get something for their, for their money, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's, it's kind of too, it's, it's, I find when you're charging for those. Those initial meetings, it's kind of twofold. You, you feel like you need to deliver something. Yeah. You probably would have delivered something of value to them anyway, but just that that kind of subconscious thing, someone's paid for this. I need to deliver something that I think is of value to them. And then they're also more engaged as well because like, well, I've paid 400 bucks for this thing. I need to try and get my, Correct. my yeah. I need to get my value out of it uh, on the reverse. So I, th- I think that relationship works so much better if, if they are paying for it. Yeah. And no one's making money off. $200 meetings really it's just more about you know getting their commitment if they're not going to pay a couple hundred bucks for a meeting they're not going to pay you know 10 grand for a plan sort of thing so yeah, sure. yeah so that's what I find so yeah, yeah. true so we, before we press record we're talking about kind of your, your your marketing strategy you touched on it briefly there in the in the kind of the setup and the and establishment of your business so like I was just on your website before, and you, you just go on the website, and then after you know five seconds that you're on there, this pop up of an ebook comes comes up on there. Talk us through, talk us through like your messaging on your website, and 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 you know any other marketing activities that you're doing. You before we press record, is you you spoke about you weren't so sure about this whole niching type thing, but but you're now a real convert. So what are you up to from a marketing perspective? Yeah, good question, mate. So um. Like to go way back, I was part of uh, like an AMP practice as well, and um, really the ethos was um, from 
AMP was everyone's a good client and that sort of stuff. And 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 so to take on, yeah, it was all about volume and so forth. And when I started sort of working down here on my own, so I just felt like that just wasn't a good way to go for you know a single AR business because it's just you can't be everything to everyone and so forth. And um, and then yeah, I obviously heard. I'm sort of thinking about this prospect of who, who do I like working with and. Um, who, who do we get the best outcomes for and so on. So who do we suit the best? And then I I heard that ensemble podcast. I'm pretty sure it was around Lisa and that comment around if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to reach out and get really defined. So we spoke about problems we're solving for people and being able to articulate that better than them, obviously. Um, and, and, and just all this sort of this stuff I would say day to day that was sort of in my head that wouldn't be down on a page, you know, like oh, if you don't do anything now, you'll be chained to your desk until you're 60 and just just stuff like that, nothing major. And so we we really wanted the website and the, um, yeah, the whole um, everything we do to be really clear on who we do, who we do help and what we do and what we don't do so that we weren't getting uh, the wrong type of client for us in. Um, and that's largely how we landed there. Uh, the the pop up uh, ter- and so that has in turn um, I'm really ignorant on this stuff so you'd be better place to talk about it but um, the other thing has been um, the people we work with have been leaving a few Google reviews which is good that's really helpful so I'm finding when people book in they'll say oh I read your website it sounded like me uh, read your reviews I thought I'd book in after looking at a few different options and that sort of stuff and mm. um, how often those people that are booking actually fit that profile really surprise like really surprises me so if you're on the fence about being really clear on who you help uh, don't it's, it does does work I think yeah and then I found that the Google reviews but we haven't done anything like you or other advisors have done a sort of that sort of outbound stuff yet just because I haven't had capacity but I think we will this year going onwards yeah but you're saying decent numbers anyway if it, you know if it's just your website it's not just your website like it's a great it's a fantastic website that clearly talks to the people that you want to talk that you want to talk to and Google and all the rest of it, it must be ranking for a 45-year-old types in financial advice or whatever, and it, it, it it's popping up. Like you were talking kind of double-digit inquiries you're getting each, each yeah. month coming through, which you know, for, for a single advisor business at the moment, that's plenty for you to keep you busy, I would have thought. It is, yes. We get about 11 a month on average, James. Yeah. Sometimes it's 15, sometimes it's five. But on average, we've been tracking. We track everything in the business, actually. So yeah. about 11 a month. And that's been good because I've been able to sort of get paid, um, having a crack at the pro- the process we've built to, to to look. Yeah, we want it to sort of be like a rock pool front of house and Mac is at the back of house. So it's all nice and systemized <laughs> and everyone's getting the same experience, mate. So um yeah yeah it is it is real. it does work so yeah, fantastic uh, and i yeah i'd love to see what you think about that outbound stuff at some stage yeah 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 it, it, it's like that's it kind of take it to the next step i was saying before you just just much like your website's doing you did you just want to keep talking to whatever whatever client it is that you're working with and the problems that you're helping them solve you're just talking about that in different ways on tiktok or linkedin or instagram or wherever you choose to to put it and now, those types of people end up giving you a call and say, "Hey, I've seen your videos or I've read your website, just as you're experiencing now, and 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 are ready to work with you." The the ebook pop up that uh, that that comes up. Did did you write that? Like what? I did. I honestly, I haven't read it. I just saw the pop up and said, "Well, like, what's I'm interested. What's that about?" 
Yeah, so so uh, like I said earlier, Cornerstone, everything we do starts with cash flow. Uh, yeah. I can't tell someone what to do with their money if I don't know what they need, and it helps us reverse engineer the age-old question of how much is enough. And we've got this concept called a financial bridge, so it's a flexible pot of money when you're in your early 50s that you can use to replace your bills so you don't need to work full-time and that sort of stuff. That's where we're trying to get people to. Um, and so, um, yeah, through Lisa's help again, um, she said, oh, you need to put this into a a sort of a, um, what do you call it, like a lead magnet. Um, and so, yeah, we sort of wrote it up. Uh, it's the same principles as any good money managed model with your money, you know, yeah. um, you know, laying out your income and expenses and having isolated accounts for isolated purposes and that sort of stuff. And I love nothing more than when someone's downloaded that, filled it in, then they've booked in. It just helps streamline the whole thing. Against the yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, we do get a bit of that as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what are you plan? What are your plans for the for the business? Do you want to take over the world and have a hundred advisors, or are you you know you two or three of you? Like, what what what's next? I think for us, that sort of two or three advisor space is where we want to be. Uh, never yeah. say never, but that's just where I feel at the moment we, we want to get to. Um, we need to sort of build Cade's sort of advice muscle up so he can, um, yeah, help deliver to more people. Mm-hmm. Um, really want to sort of change the narrative around advice. I do um, try to uh, do some stuff with like Deacon and that sort of stuff around, um, you know, building uh, us as a profession up. And then, um, yeah, probably just, building out that sort of digital channels like you've sort of done and others have done. Um, don't know how I'll start with that, but that, that's where we're going. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I think I think you'll just jump into it and uh, and be a success at it like you seem to have done with with you know, with what, you, what you've set up in the last couple of years. Yeah. Now, you were M, M, M from Ensemble kind of introduced us to, uh, to, to organise this podcast. She mentioned your finalist at IFA Excellence Awards about company transformation of the year. What's... What's that about? What's the Company Transformation Award for? Yeah. Um, so we got sort of nominated through, yeah, someone that was helping it, Lisa again, actually helping us with our marketing. And yeah. um, she was t- we were talking about like individual awards. And I said, oh, no, I've always played team sports. I think everyone should get a lick of the ice cream to use that term. So <laughs> as disgusting <laughs> as that sounds. So I wanted to go down the company route and just yep. talk about the offering we'd sort of built to suit that younger cohort of advisors. There's a few of us doing it now, but um, mm. yeah, so really the changes we've had over the last sort of two, three years around um, that advice process, um, and and that was what it was about. Unfortunately, we didn't win the guy sitting next to me on the night one, and uh, mm. he, was a, he was a good fella, so shout out to them. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good night. It was good to meet a few advisors and uh, yeah. get out of our little bubble a bit as well. Yeah. Was that one up in Sydney? Did you have to go for, to Sydney for that? Yeah. yeah, up in Sydney. And yeah. um, we had, because uh, most of our team members are living in different areas, so everyone went up. We had our Christmas party the night before, and then the next night we went to, to the IFA. So it was good, actually. Yeah. Oh, so your, te- your team's not in Geelong? Uh, yeah, so today's up in Horsham. Uh, oh, yeah. Kate, Kate's been living on the Goldie, but he's just moving back down here. He's just having a bit of a working holiday. He's moving yeah. back down here this month. Uh, yeah. Kaish is our remote team member, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, sort of not too often we get all all of us together. So, yeah, yeah. And do you work? Do you work from an office in Geelong or from home? Like where, where do you where do you work? Yeah, now we've got an office just on the waterfront, so yeah. uh, it's a nice spot actually. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. And maybe like maybe last thing, and kind of always I'm always interested to hear from the people that have like you, you kind of 
niched into this you know, younger demographic, I guess, than a, you know, the kind of old school traditional financial advice businesses have. Do you think you will? Do you think you will like age up with those clients as you get older? Like one of the first things you said at the start was that working in a previous business, you kind of attracted clients that were like you in a similar age. And I think everyone experiences that as they as they move into become a financial advisor. Can you see yourself becoming a retirement type of business as you're getting into your now your fifties and things like that? Do you, do you think that might happen? Great question. It's been front of mind for me. At some point, I'll have yeah. to um, deal with our aging client base. So, uh, I think my utopia as it stands today would be to have a sort of another arm of the business that's yeah. to do with retirement work. Uh, I just sort of find it if we ever have, you know, if we ever have issues with, you know, uh, the process, it's with someone that doesn't really fit or trying to do sort of type of work that sits out of our speciality. So having a really good advisor that sort of can deal with people as they get a bit older and do a nice transition across would be utopia, I reckon. Yeah, that's a good way good way to set it up, isn't it? That you can have that have that person that's like and once you get to a particular point we can still help you, but this person has the expertise to deal with that and you exactly hand, hand them over to another advisor in your business to to work with. Yeah, exactly. And we I just talk about with people Right now, we're your concierge. We help deal with your lending and your accounting, and we sort of play concierge you to all the right places so you don't have to think about it. It'll be the same with retirement, I think. We'll try and get you across to, to the right people at that point as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, good one. Well, John, where can people find you if they want to uh, want to, want to track you down and have a chat, become a client? Where, where can they find you? Jump on LinkedIn. I'm on there and hoping to do a bit more on there, and maybe TikTok in the year to come, mate, if I can follow in your footsteps, or just Google. Google yeah. out, uh, Google Apex Advice too long and you'll find us. Yeah, that's it. I just typed in Apex Advice before and it was the first thing that came up. So uh, so not too hard to find. Thanks, John. Thanks for, for joining me and thanks for being the uh, first podcast for 2024. Pleasure, James. Take care. Thanks.